Hi, this is Pastor Tom, and I want to welcome you to Chapter 5, our last chapter, our look through the book of 1 Peter, Day 1. We've been talking all through this book about how you and I can live a cut above in this world below. And we've seen that this applies to the way that we look at the future, the character that we have, the way our relationships work, the way we face suffering. This week, we're going to see that it applies to the way that we lead. There's a different kind of leadership that's pointed to in the Bible. It's a different motivation for leadership that results in a different kind of leadership. The truth is, every follower of Jesus is a leader. You may not think you're a leader, but you are because you're a follower of Jesus. So who needs to know this about leadership? Moms and dads need to know it because you're making an impact in the way you lead your kids. Managers and bosses need to know it. You're making an impact in the way that you manage those that work under you. Single parents need to know it. Youth workers need to know it. Young adults need to know it. All of us need to know it because all of us have an opportunity because of what Jesus has done in our lives to make an impact on the world around us. And when we evaluate our leadership as followers of Jesus, there are some simple and clear guidelines here that Peter gives us. Now, the thing that excites me about this is these are words from Peter, one of the great leaders of the early church. And you and I, it's as if we get a chance to sit down and hear firsthand from Peter about the kind of leadership that we need. Now, listen in verse 1 of chapter 5 to the authority that he speaks with. He says, To the elders among you I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's sufferings, and one who will also share in the glory to be revealed. Now, as he talks to elders here, he's talking to the leaders of the church. The words elder, pastor, and bishop or overseer, they're used interchangeably in the New Testament for those who lead the church. So he's saying, I've got something to say to the leaders here. And he says, I'm saying it with the authority of a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's sufferings. Jesus Jesus gave his life for us on the cross, and Peter was there when it happened. And one who will share in his glory when it's to be revealed, share in his glory in heaven. Here is a leader. Peter is a leader who is worth listening to. And he talks to us about a few simple things in this chapter that we need to understand to lead like Jesus, to lead as a Christian leader. First, he talks about the heart of leadership. And he says to us that leaders lead with the heart of a shepherd. Verses two and three, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you're willing, as God wants you to be. Not greedy for money, but eager to serve. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. Now, as Peter says, I want you to shepherd the flock of God. These are words that are close to Peter's heart. Remember, it was Jesus himself who said to Peter, I want you to feed my sheep when he met with Peter on that Galilean seashore in the resurrection experience. And those words are still beating in Peter's heart. He's still sharing them with other people. Feed my sheep. A leader has to have the heart of a shepherd, of caring for God's people. As I was reading about this this week, I was remembering years ago when our oldest son, Ryan, was four or five years old. used to ask him every night, what story do you want me to tell you? And he'd always say, every night he'd say, tell me the story about Wooly. And I'd tell him about a sheep, the one of the 99 that was lost. That's a made-up story. In fact, the story simply went like this. There was a sheep by the name of Wooly who 99 sheep went one way following the shepherd. Wooly decided to just one day go a different way and Wooly got its little paw stuck down in some bramble bushes and couldn't get out. It was trapped. It was starting to get colder and colder, and the little sheep thinks it's going to die because it's going to be out there all night. 
And just at that moment, there's like a dark shadow that comes over the sheep, and Wooly thinks that it's a wolf that's going to eat him. But he looks up, and it's not a wolf. It's the shepherd. And the shepherd bends down and carefully extricates Wooly's paw from the, from the bushes and gently picks Wooly up and carries him back because he cared for the sheep. He cared for the one that was lost. He cared for the one that was hurting. That's the heart of a shepherd, that we care always for those that God is reaching out to, those that are hurting, and we're all hurting. The truth is we all need a shepherd. We all need Jesus. But the truth is also, as a follower of Jesus, we all need to shepherd. We all need to be leaders, caring leaders in our family, in our work, in our church, to lead with the heart of a shepherd. Peter says very clearly here, you have to lead with the right motivations. Whatever motivates you as a leader, whether it's in your work or your family or your church, whatever motivates you as a leader will determine the kind of leader that you are. If you're motivated by selfishness, you're going to be a selfish leader. If you're motivated by power, you're going to be an overbearing leader. Peter talks here about three motivations that cause you to lead like Jesus. This is the beginning point of leading well. First, he says, you do it not because you must, but because you're willing. He's saying here, you can't be motivated by duty. You have to be motivated by desire. To lead with the heart of a shepherd, you have to change doing what you should to doing what you want. Because willingness is an absolute key to making an impact on others. You have to do it because you want to. Now think about this as a parent. If you're leading your children as a parent, if you're always thinking, well, I have to pick John up at school today, I have to go to the kids' play, then you're not going to lead them in the right way. You don't have the heart of a shepherd. You're doing it because you must, not because you're willing. Willing means you not only have my presence, you also have my heart. Let me tell you four words that never change the world if I have to. That never changes anything. Well, I'll do it if I have to. If I have to, Columbus would have never sailed to America. Armstrong would have never stepped on the moon. Can you imagine David being told to go out and face Goliath and saying, well, if I have to? No, he had a desire to do it. Or Paul being told to go on a missionary journey, if I have to. Or Jesus being told, directed to go to the cross, if I have to. No, he went because he was willing This is key to our leadership because leaders have to have energy, and there is great energy that comes from willingness. When I'm doing it because I have to, there's not much energy. Even the words, if I have to, there's no energy in it. But if there is willingness, then there's energy behind it. Just think of a fourth grade boy being asked to take out the garbage. There's a if I have to, if there ever was one. Even if they do it, there is no energy in them doing it. But that same fourth grade boy, you tell him you get to go out and play center field, all of a sudden, there's great energy because there's willingness. Now, one of the big questions for leaders in all of life is, how do I trade in this idea, I'm doing it because I have to, I'm doing it because it's a duty, how do I trade that in for desire? How do I change a should into a want? And there's a one-word expression of how. Love. You do it through love. In John 10, Jesus talks about the hireling and the shepherd, and he says the hireling, who's doing it just for the money, they they have to, is very different from the shepherd, who's doing it because the shepherd loves the sheep. One does it for pay, the other does it for love. So my question to you is, when it comes to the places God has called you to lead right now, whether it's at work or in your home or with your family or at church, is your leadership for your sake or for their sake? Do you care for the sheep or you care for yourself? 
do you love? If you need new energy for leading, then strengthen the love that you have towards the people that you're leading. That's where you get the energy. That's where you get the desire. Now, in leading like Christ, the place to start is always to say, Lord, help me to love those that I lead. So let's ask him for that right now. Would you pray with me? And just pray that simple prayer. Pray, Jesus, help me to love those that I lead. So that I can do it not out of some need that's being pressed upon me, something I don't want, but so that instead I can lead out of a desire, a heart of a shepherd, because I love the people that I'm leading. Lord, you love everyone. You love every person that I'm leading. And if my desire has been waning lately, if uh, my energy has seems to be going away from me lately, I know you can give me new energy and new desire by putting your love in my heart. And I pray you do that right now. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Join us tomorrow. We're going to talk about two other motivations that are behind the heart of a shepherd. Mm-hmm.